0: with Zach Pearson Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming Aaron Lemming providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears Go Bears! presented by Blue Wire Pods and now here are your hosts Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming
3: What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. We're just a few days away from the start of the 2022 NFL Draft. Chicago Bears will be picking beginning on Friday, barring any changes um, in the coming days. But finally... Some offseason stuff for us to talk about, and a very important event for Ryan Poles to build his roster. He spoke today at Hallis Hall. We're going to cover that. We're going to cover the mini camp last week, and a little bit of uh, some potential trade news as, as we just started recording this. Before we get into all that, though, I have to welcome in my co-host, Aaron Lumming. Aaron, how you doing, man? Doing
2: good. It is uh, draft week. Having yeah, a real time trip last week, so I mean, I'm. Yeah, I'm about as ready as it gets. I mean, frankly, I'm already irritated with baseball. So, you know, here we are.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not uh, not everything going well for um, both Chicago baseball teams. The Bulls are probably going to get eliminated on Wednesday night um, in Milwaukee. So, yeah, it's uh, all eyes on the Bears here. And uh, for good reason, as we mentioned. So, you know, let's kind of start with the OTAs last week because the Bears hit the field for voluntary mini camp under Matt Aberflus. Um, You know, when a team hires a new head coach, they can get the extra session, kind of get going a little earlier. And the Bears did just that. They hosted three practices, about two hours each, um, two outdoors. One was indoors due to the weather. And I was not there for the first day, which was Tuesday, but I was there for Wednesday and Thursday. And for me, you know, my general observation was, this whole thing is still a work in progress because I got my roster and I look at this list of names and I'm like, man, these are a lot of new faces, um, a a lot of new names. And not only that, but it it wasn't a full, the roster is not fully maxed out right now. And, you know, they have room to add to it, but yeah, it's going to be kind of, you know, different um, getting used to some of these new guys that the bears have brought in and they're going to continue adding to it. Um, in a couple of days coming up here. But, yeah, the offense, man, on the Thursday session, um, you know, I'll just say uh, thankfully it's April because they have a long way to go, I'd say. But that's not always a bad thing either. It's it's the first week of these installs of the offense where they're actually together um, and not, you know, you know, we heard Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney and Colcomit were in Atlanta. But the whole offense going through the motions, going through the playbooks, you know, having the walkthroughs for the most part and running the plays. Um, but yeah, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a struggle, but overall, yeah, it, it, for me, it's a work in progress, but I, I, that doesn't mean that you have to panic by any means.
2: Yeah. So I think really the fans kind of have to take a little bit of a step back, right. And understand that. Yes. Know obviously you don't want to overreact one way or another, and that's kind of the point here is that like had you guys reported that Justin Fields looked great, I think everybody would be like, Oh, you know, things are gonna go a lot better, and there would be an overreaction the other way. So I think you know, you kind of have to keep in mind that again, this is a brand new brand new coaching staff, and frankly, this is going to be relatively a brand new team. I mean, you're talking on the offensive side of the ball. You've got a, you know, a a completely new offensive staff. You've got basically Darnell Mooney's the only real returning receiver. Uh, Nicole Komet's really the only real returning pass catching threat at the tight end position. And you've got some new offensive linemen. You've got a brand new scheme, all this stuff. And then defensively it's kind of the same thing. I mean, you're missing a lot of leaders and a lot of guys that were there through the Nagy and pace era where it's just going to take longer for things to come together. And I think ultimately, again, we're still very early on. Um, but, and, you know, Ryan pulls kind of talk today about how, you know, this isn't, he doesn't want to label it a rebuild. He basically made some like HGTV reference about how, like, you know, if you're going to, you know, remodel a house, you're not going to tear down the entire thing and rebuild it. You are going to, you know, pick rooms that you want to do different things with like countertops and so on and so forth. And, okay, you know, it's kind of semantics at this point. I I think the reality of the situation is quite clear. The the Bears are going to be bad this year. I mean, there's no other way around it. They're going to be a team in transition, and that's fine. I mean, frankly, we talked about it a lot last offseason, right, where we all knew what needed to be done. The whole 8-8 and and backing into the playoffs and getting smoked out of the playoffs by the Saints on Nickelodeon, that was not a great look. That was not a team that looked like it was going anywhere anytime soon. And unfortunately they should have ripped the bandaid off a year prior. Now, obviously everything happens for a reason. We'll have to see how it all goes. You know, there's a pretty good chance if let's just say, hypothetically speaking, if Ryan poles and Mattie Berflu somehow took over, probably not likely, but let's just say that they did a year earlier, very good chance that the bears are looking at a very similar situation to lions where they don't have a quarterback. They're going to have to go with a veteran that nobody wants to watch. We've seen that over the last few years. I don't think anybody wants to go through that again. They're not going to have Justin Fields. And, it's just a very different situation to what they're in right now. Well, yeah, they would have the number seven overall pick, but in this kind of class where you're looking for a quarterback, I don't think that's really that good. So there are pros and cons to that. But my entire point is, is the writing has been on the wall the last two years. And frankly, you know, I haven't agreed with Ryan Pohl's overall approach in terms of free agency and so on and so forth. It is what it is. I mean, obviously there's multiple ways to build a successful team and, there's a reason that he's a general manager; and I am not. But with that being said, I think it's very clear what's going on here. I mean, the Bears are tearing this thing down, whether you want to call it a rebuild or a retool. I originally thought it was going to be a retool, but I think that when you're looking at the fact that they've already moved on from Khalil Mack, the fact that they parted with so many veterans, and they're and they're taking such a slow approach in free agency, and they still have so many holes. This is going to be very much an evaluation year. And obviously we still have the draft. We still have free agency after the draft to get to, and that will be interesting as well. But it's just kind of at that point where the reality is the Bears are going to be a bad team this year. Maybe they surprise and they end up being like the Dolphins a few years ago where they end up winning more games than they should, and you're feeling good moving into next offseason. You know, by no means do I believe that this is going to be some – three or four five-year rebuild like it was under Ryan Pace. I think it's a, still a very different situation, mainly because you think you have your quarterback. Now, obviously, if Justin Fields doesn't work, that's a whole nother thing. But you're not going to determine any of that off of the first set of OTAs and in a brand-new session with brand-new coaches and a brand-new offense, a brand-new defense, and everything else that's going on with a roster where, frankly – if I had to guess, there's probably, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I would guess that there's probably 30, maybe 35 guys that are currently that are currently on their 90 man roster that are probably locked into making the final 53 at this point. I think there's still a yeah, lot of work I, to be done. So
3: that's pretty accurate, I'd say.
2: Yeah. So it's just one of those things where, again, you can't overreact on other side, e- either side, and ultimately, and I and I know that you know you caught some heat and some other guys, you know, from the media caught some heat. Your guys' job is to report what you see. Whether that is good, whether that is bad, whether that is whatever, I understand that fans are upset. I understand that fans are frustrated. I'm frustrated. This has probably been the least uh, just over – it. really, this has been the least entertained. This has been the least interested that I have been in an offseason in a long time because it's just the same cycle over and over and over. But the fact is the Bears hit the reset button, and – it is what it is. You know, obviously we have to hope that they're going to build something good and that this will be the start of something really good and, you know, whatever, but at the same time, you know, taking anything away positive or negatively from the first two or three practices of a brand new regime in their first year with a roster. That's not even remotely close to being settled either way, regardless if it's positive or negative, there's nothing to take from it, but all you guys can do is report what you see. So I think that sometimes it's just, You have to keep in mind, yes, there are, you know, there are negative connotations within some of the media or that's how people portray it or whatever it is. But it's like when everybody's in unison saying the same exact thing, it's not a negative. It's not a positive. It's just what you guys are seeing. And frankly, who cares at this point? It is what it is. You guys have a job to do. You're reporting what you're reporting. It's up to fans to take it the way that they want to, but there's no point in getting upset at the media for being negative. You know, jumping off the you know jumping off the cliff and giving up on Justin Fields or giving up on this new regime already. It is what it is. There's there's a long road ahead, and frankly, a lot of it's probably going to be ugly this year. It just is what it is.
3: Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to say it. And um, you know, you're right. If the reports were that Justin Fields was really good you know, everyone would be taking that and running it and, you know, year two Justin Fields and then the offense is solved. It's just, it doesn't work like that. I mean, yeah, granted, he was working with a lot of bad wide receivers outside of Darnell Mooney. And, you know, even, you know, Byron Pringle was serviceable out there, but it's just, it's a work in progress and that's okay for it to say, Um, you know, it, it can be that, and it can be that he was struggling with accuracy, which is what it, what it was both things can be true by no means does it mean the season's over and the bears have to move on and from Justin Fields any of that I don't I think people you know see a negative tweet or or, or see something like that and think oh you know the media is trying to create a narrative that does not benefit me it does not benefit any of us we do not make money when the bears are bad you know you make a lot more money when the bears are good because there's a lot more stories to have and a lot more clicks to have if, if you want to say it that way so yeah I mean I'm not worried um the, the defense, you know, is still for me, um, it, it's not a work in progress. Um, there are some pieces that need to be filled in. You know, but you have guys like getty Jackson, Roquan Smith, uh, Nicholas Morrow, Justin Jones, and, you know, even Robert Quinn out there, the, although he wasn't at the practices, but, you know, you have him on that unit. They, they're going to be, I think, a solid defense that's going to keep you in games but they're going to need the offensive firepower. And I think right now where the most progress has been made has been on the defensive side of the ball. Um, it feels just like kind of like a rejuvenated bunch. Um, you know, I noticed And I know Adam Hogue pointed this out multiple times, anytime a ball's on the ground, the defense is going after it, picking it up and trying to return it. Um, they're kind of flying around out there as much as they can, you know, they're making plays. So I was encouraged by that. But overall, you know, it's still early. I can't take too much, um, away from this. I think, you know, when we have the, the mini camps here in, in May and then J- June before we get into training camp, they'll give us a little bit of where this team's going to be at because they'll have their draft picks out there. They'll have undrafted free agents. They'll probably sign um, a free agent or two off of the street to kind of round out their um, mini camp roster, then training camp roster. So we'll, we'll get a different look at this team. But, you know, going into this week though, Aaron, let's kind of talk some draft. And you brought something up. Ryan Poles. You know, had the HGTV reference. You know, saying it's more of a work in progress, and, and it kind of goes in pat with what they, him, and Matt Abrams have said multiple times throughout this off season. They're going to build their foundation and build from the ground up and make sure everything is stable in the foundation. And to me, when I listen to that and I listen to the comment that he had today, you know, it's players like Roquan Smith, it's players like Jalen Johnson, Justin Fields, um, Darnell Mooney you know, maybe Eddie Jackson, if if he can get back to his old ways. And then you start kind of filling in the the pieces, whether it's, you know, older free agent signings, younger guys and the draft. So I I do agree with what he is saying, but it's also a rebuild. I mean, we can't dance around it. It is a full rebuild. They can't say that because they got to sell tickets. They got to sell merchandise. They got to have some positive spin on them. And, And I don't blame it. I don't blame them one bit at all. I would do the exact same thing. We just have to trust that they're building it the right way. And as you mentioned, it's been kind of a a lackluster type of you know offseason in terms of signings. Now they do have a chance to come out and maybe get some get something right here with maybe a you know a pair of wide receivers on day three, or or maybe they they find an offensive lineman and a wide receiver. Or, you know they have the chance to get a couple starters here um, early in the draft. They just have to go out and do it. But overall, it's a rebuild as you're building up your foundation.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
2: Well, and let me ask you this. Okay. And this is something that I think a lot of fans need to ask themselves, right? Would you rather go, you know, Compare the two years of what we're expecting this year and what we saw last year. Would you rather watch this team this year or last year?
3: I Honestly, I'd rather watch them this year.
2: And what's your reason behind it? I'm just curious because I'm sure we'll have similar reasons.
3: Yeah, because I think, you know, last year it was, we knew Matt Nagy's fate and essentially in a way Ryan Pace's fate, unless, um, Justin Fields, you know, was a superstar right off the bat and they made the playoffs and made it want to run. I think change is needed because the roster was at a spot where you had Cleo Mack that was going to take up a lot of salary these next couple of years when you probably weren't going to be good. Um, you know, you had guys like Eddie Goldman and Keem Hicks you had to move on from. I, I, think it's, it, I think it's okay to say it's a rebuild and a full thing, and a full rebuild. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would say – Um, I would rather watch this year because you have the quarterback in place in this rebuild. And now you can kind of start fresh and start with a new regime rather than just kicking the tires like they were in, you know, 2020 and 2021.
2: Well, I think you pretty much nailed it. And I I feel the same way. They're going to have a direction this year. They may be worse. They, who knows? They may be worse. I, I honestly, I I'll be honest, man. I don't know how much worse they can be to watch than they were last year because that was objectively speaking. That was one of the, Bo- like just the worst and boring most boring team that i'd watched from a Bear- bears team in a while i mean we're talking i mean you can just range back to you know 20 2013 when things blew up with Emery and Tressman, right or e- even 2015 to 2016 and really even 2017 under under uh, john fox like those teams were more exciting to watch than anything that we saw last year from the bears. Right. And I think a lot of it, like you pointed out is because you had guys like Khalil Mack, you had, you know, guys like Akeem Hicks, you had all these guys that you knew damn well, weren't going to be a part of the future when they were good again. Obviously I don't think a lot of people expected Khalil Mack to be traded, but I think a lot of people could sit back and say, okay, the guy's already over the age of 30 by the time this team's good again he's probably not going to be close to the same player that he was when they originally traded for him that's fine so but at least now you're looking at this team you're saying okay you know you're going to there's going to be a lot of positions this year especially in training camp and going into the into the regular season there's going to be a lot of guys out on the field where a lot of bears fans that maybe don't pay as much attention during the offseason be like who you know i've still i i can still pull up the roster right now and there are still guys on that I've ne- i i couldn't tell you a single thing about them and half of uh, half of the names that i'm talking about i couldn't even tell you what position they play unless i'm looking at a depth chart i mean that's just kind of where things are but we did that we did
3: that exercise
2: exactly yeah that's <laughs> what i'm saying so it's like and in, in still from that exercise and have looking at that i still probably couldn't tell you where those guys played but there's direction now like you said i mean here's the thing none of us know if justin fields is going to work you know obviously we all have hope that he that he will we don't know that he's going to work, but here's the thing, man. If they go if they go into this year and Justin Fields just sucks, let's just say, just hypothetically speaking, let's just say he sucks. Okay, cool. Well, at least, you know, going into next year where the quarterback class should be better, you know, if, if Justin Fields sucks, dude, the Bears are going to have one of the worst records in the league and they're probably going to be picking the top five and they'll probably be able to grab a pretty good quarterback. The point being out of that, and again, I don't think Justin Fields is going to be bad at all, but the point being out of all that is is they position themselves in in a way that if Justin Fields is good, this team is going to turn around really damn quick. They're going to have a ton of cap space next year. They're going to have more – they're going to at least have – their normal draft capital, if not more, I would have to fully assume just in hearing Ryan Pohl's talk that there's a pretty good chance that they're going to trade back a few times. Um, you know, I, the, the, the mock that will be released, the mock draft for me, the only one that I did this year, I did kind of more of a focus on just this year and not really so much future picks. Um, but I do think that they have an opportunity to pick up some future picks, probably not anything high round. You're probably talking four, maybe, you know, fourth, maybe fifth round at, at the highest and that's fine. But, the Bears are going to be in a much better position next year moving into the offseason for obviously that reason because they're going to have a lot more resources and for another reason because you get a lot of these guys on these one-year deals. You get a lot of these guys, like let's just say Robert Quinn sticks around. Let's just say some of these other guys stick around where you're kind of wondering, Cody White, here's another guy, where you're you're sitting there and you're kind of wondering, okay, you know, is this guy going to be a piece that can stick longer than this year? The Bears have a lot of those players on this roster right now I would have to assume that after the draft and under after undrafted free agent, they're probably going to go out and they're probably going to sign a few more guys. I don't know if it'll be anything super high level, but there's still some pretty interesting names out on the market that realistically aren't going to sign before I would say beginning to end of next week, you know, after the draft. So you still have an opportunity to go out and make some moves and fill some spots depending on how the draft falls for you. But there is going to be a lot of players in situations where they're improved deals, whether that's because they're on a one-year deal, or, you know, even if they're on a, you know, if they still have two or three years remaining after this year, but all their guaranteed money is run out and it makes sense to cut them. So, the, the bears overall, and this is something that we pine for damn near all of last year is the bears overall are going to have a much better idea of what they have come the end of this year. When we look back at the beginning of January, when the season's over and the bears are, you know, barring some miraculous, you know, craziness, they're not going to be in the playoffs, but we'll be able to sit back and say, okay, you know, they have a future here. They, they've got their guys here. They've got their guys here, whatever it may be. These are the spots that they need to go after. We've seen how quickly teams can turn around in the NFL. We see it every single year. We'll see the same exact thing this year. There's always those teams that come out of nowhere. The Bengals were you know, a good example last year, not they're definitely the exception to the rule in terms of you know going from being absolutely horrific to being you know a team in the super bowl that's not something that happens often and i think the context of how many high round first round picks and how bad they were for so long also kind of needs to come into context i mean it's not the same situation as the bears but there are many different situations that have shown that a team can turn around quickly and the biggest key being out of that is they have their quarterback. It's They're not going out and drafting a rookie and expecting to make the playoffs in year one. They're not doing any of that. They've already got their quarterback in place. They're able to build around them. They're aware of what they have on their roster. They're playing the guys that they need to figure out what they have instead of pointless veterans like Jermaine Effetti, um and you know and 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 jason peters and i mean the the list goes on and on and on from the stuff that they pulled last year and obviously they're not gonna have to deal with any of that so and that's kind of why when i think about this team and what this year is going to be i'm expecting them to be bad i think most bears fans are expecting to be bad it is what it is at this point but i think that going into this season with some sort of direction and not just riding the hype wave of, Oh my God, they just drafted Justin Fields. We get to see Justin Fields play, but now we actually kind of get to see the beginnings of a direction of where they're going to go. I think that's going to help a lot. And I think that moving into this weekend and moving into the draft, um, obviously, you know, they have two seconds, they have a third, they don't have a fourth, they don't have a first, Um, you know, they're not stacked in terms of draft capital. Uh, Ryan Poles has mentioned multiple times that they're open for business, depending on what it would be. I think, you know, most, most teams will, will, you know, say similar at this point, but I do believe Ryan Poles, when he says that he wants to add more draft capital, he's already showed that with the Cleo Mack trade. So with all that being said, I think we're going to get a pretty good idea of, of who Ryan Poles really is in terms of what he's going to do in the draft. And I know a lot of people want to see a receiver and a corner and all this other stuff, but I, I don't know. And again, this is just purely me speculating. Um, I, I think that they're going to take a similar approach to what the lions took last year in terms of, I think they're going to build out the trenches You know, obviously receivers are probably going to be one of the first three picks, but they're going to build out the trenches a little bit and they're going to try to do things the way that they believe is going to be most valuable to the team, whether that's three tech, uh, you know, whether that's the offensive line, whatever it may be. I don't I I, I think uh, fans are going to set themselves up for failure if they go into this draft expecting them to knock out multiple needs, because I think really what they're going to do is they're going to, they're going to have needs highlighted and they're going to say, okay, you know, we're going to take basically the best player out of these needs. Obviously I won't take a quarterback. I don't see them taking a punter in the fourth or the fifth round, anything crazy like that. But outside of that, I mean, you can kind of throw a dart at the dartboard and say, okay, well, you know, for receiver slips, there you go. George Pickens. Great. You know, whoever it may be Jahan Dotson, I don't know, I, you know, whatever it may be, or let's just say an offensive lineman slips, And, you know, you can take him at 39 or let's just say, you know, whatever it is, you know, Perry on Winfrey's there at at 39 or uh, Hall's there at 39 or whatever it may be. There may be somebody there, even a guy like Elam um, from Florida, you know, corner it it, there's there's so many different ways that they can go in or they could just simply trade back. But I think we're going to learn a lot from Ryan Poles and how they plan on building out this team and what they truly value, because it's one thing to say, yeah, we want more picks. I mean, we we saw the same thing from Ryan Pace multiple times. Yeah, we you know we want to do this, we want to do that, and then you get into the draft, and it's like, oh, my guy is ten picks away. Let me trade up. So, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how much of what he says actually translates to when the draft happens. And then the second part of this too is once the draft's over, undrafted free agency starts, and the Bears should be a very popular team in an undrafted free agency because, like we talked about their roster, especially the back end of the one, one, the roster is not full at all, but two, the back end of their roster is absolutely awful. I mean, they have, I think they have like 14 or 15 guys on futures deals right now that are currently occupying spots on the roster. They're not even up to 70 players. So let's just say they end up trading back and garnering. Let's just say they have, they make seven or eight picks overall. You still got a ton of different roster spots to be able to fill, not to mention a lot of those futures contracts that they signed right out for the season, those are the kind of guys that are going to be the first ones to go because they've already got a little bit of an evaluation between, you know, the, 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 voluntary workout program and so on and so forth. So you're going to see a lot of undrafted free agents and you're going to see a lot of big and good opportunities for these undrafted free agents because the bears are bad and because they need death and because they need to build for the future.
3: Yeah. And that was, um, excuse me. One of the things that Ryan Paul talked about today, he, he pretty much was asked, um, about the undrafted free agents, you know, and maybe if, if they um, might, you know, see an uptick in, in more free agents coming in because they do have those rostered needs. And, you know, he said there, there's really nothing different. Um, they're going to need to acquire more of them because, you know, they do have that roster um, space right now and they got to fill, fill it out and, and get a look. And I think that could work to their benefit. I mean, uh, you know, it is rare that an undrafted guy does, catch on and turns into a, a big star but you can find serviceable players that are undrafted you can find serviceable players on day three where they have um the three picks so I thought that was pretty interesting when we talked about that the other thing um that I kind of thought was really interesting you I'm, I'm curious to get your takes on it you know he he kind of gave us the rundown on what they expect um or, or how they're planning for this draft coming up and Ryan Poles has been with three GMs in Kansas City. He's got to be in the war rooms. Um, He's had, you know, insight and say into the picks. You know, maybe they haven't really gone with him and said, yeah, we're taking that guy for sure. But, you know, he's had had a say in in some of the stuff. Now he gets the chance to make the pick and work with the scouting department. And among the things he said is, you know, they've been, they've been working extra hard, but they've also been having to work hard because the list of players this year is so much uh, um, longer than it has been in years before. But as they're kind of getting into this draft here in a couple of days, they ran, you know, these simulations, he said, where they, they had, um, Draft simulations. They 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 pulled their staff, um, their scouts, anonymously on their cell phones. Um, you know, asking about this situation, this situation, playing it on on the screen, um, watching the results come in. You know, even having people come in and call for fake trades. And I thought that was kind of cool um, to kind of get the general consensus of his scouting staff. And, and I'm not saying that's this nothing groundbreaking or nothing you know, crazy new and and other teams aren't doing this. But to me, it tells me he is getting, you know, input from his staff. And not only that, but he's valuing that input. And the Bears are in a situation where, you know, they need to build around Justin Fields, but they also need to build up their their football team. And when they come to number 39, you know, ideally, yeah, you want to get an offensive playmaker. You want to get an offensive lineman. But they could very well go best player available and be fine if they hold that number 48 pick and, and stay there as well. So I just thought it was kind of interesting how he talked about, you know, balancing the uh, you know technology with scouting, balancing the old school type scouting. And, and he pretty much summed it all up by saying, we need sometimes you just have to go out and draft a good football player.
1: Are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment, and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
2: Yeah, well, and you know everybody scouts differently, and and over the last five plus years analytics has become a big part of sports, but especially a big part of football in the draft process. So everybody's going to evaluate things differently. Everybody's going to have different processes. And, you know, even within those evaluations, things like character concerns, everybody's going to evaluate stuff like that differently. You know, it's going to be interesting as well, because a lot of the bears current scouting staff that Ryan Poles has not brought in will be essentially free agents or out of contract the beginning of May. So it's going to be very interesting to see what Ryan Poles does in terms I mean, he seems, that's the one thing, like I said, I haven't agreed with everything that he's done or even, you know, probably I'd say, you know, 30 or 40% of what he's done, but he has come in with a plan and he's executed that pretty damn well so far in terms of what he wants to do, what his vision is and so on and so forth. So it's going to be very interesting to see once everything's over with, once these contracts run out for every, every single team, you know, who Ryan Poles decides to keep and who he decides to bring in, because again, you know, you can learn a lot about tendencies and different stuff like that, but until he gets his full staff in, that's a whole nother thing that's going to be somewhat interesting to monitor because I mean, here's the thing, man. I mean, I think if you look at it again, I mean, we've kind of talked about, they got needs all over the place and I know everybody likes to zone in on offensive line receiver and corner, but when you start looking at it, it's like, you can make an argument for offensive tackle, offensive guard. You can make a, you know, you could make a pretty good argument um, for a tight end as well, although this is yet another not very strong tight end class. Then obviously receiver as well. And then you look at the defensive side of the ball, it's like, okay, you know, there was a rumor, uh, not really a rumor, more of the point. Ian Rappaport quote tweeted, uh, something from Jason, Jason Leisure, uh, basically talking about Robert Quinn saying that, you know, he's not expecting to be dealt or whatever, but it's also business and especially with how Cleo Mack was dealt, you know, you just kind of have to roll with the punches. And Ian Rappaport essentially said that, you know, teams have been you know calling and kind of kicking around about him and trying to figure it out. And I would have to guess at this point in time, again, Robert Quinn's another guy that's over the age of 30 that has a pretty expensive contract that the majority of his dead money runs out after this year. If the Bears can get a third-round pick for him, then I think you do it. But, again, if you look at it, even if, even if they don't trade him, though, right, even if you're looking at it from what they currently have – on their roster right now and looking at it as Robert Quinn's probably not going to be a long-term piece one, because, you know, he's just getting older and two he's lacked consistency throughout the majority of his career. So it's like all of a sudden edge rusher could be something like if somebody falls to them in, in one of the first two rounds of the draft, you know, and then you look at the defensive line, um you know in in terms of you know interior uh in, interior pressure with the 3 tech position uh you know nose tackle still somewhat of a question as well i mean they they have some quality bodies on the defensive line i'm not knocking the talent there i actually think that's one of their stronger suits but then you look at linebacker, and it's the same thing. Is Nicholas Morrow really going to be somebody that you can rely on long term? Uh, you know what happens if a guy like Chad is there? Um, you know in the second or third round. You know same thing with Brian Osomoa. Uh, and then you look at corner again. Corner is another spot you need to figure out what you're going to do opposite of Jalen Johnson. And safety is another one where Eddie Jackson is 100 improvement year because if if he's as bad as he's been over the last two years, there's a pretty good chance that he's gone. And at that point, I mean, you you have basically, you know, two guys that have been kind of career special teamers that one of those guys is projected to start right now. Right. And you've got questions there. So when you really zoom out and you look at this entire roster, I know everybody is obsessed with fixing the offense. Well, the reality of it is, is the offense is not going to be fully fixed this year and frankly i don't know how much impact they're really going to be able to make even in the draft even if they suck all you know three of their you know their their first three picks in to those positions so i think that really what it comes down to is i think the bears are going to be pretty open-minded going in this draft you know especially let's just say again hypothetically let's say they deal robert quinn for a third round pick i mean what's not to say that a guy like uh Boye Mafé, um, you know, all of a sudden, let's just say he somehow falls at 39. Is that somebody that you want to look at? You know, uh, James Karloftis, the same thing. I mean, another really good edge rusher. If he falls at 39 and you're sitting there at 39, even though that may not be your biggest pressing need, if the receiving, you know, if the receivers haven't fallen the way you like, um, if all the tackles that are expected to go in the first round, go in the first round. And if none of the interior guys are where you like, and you think you have them a little further back in the board, Maybe it makes sense to take an edge rusher, you know, and that's the kind of thing. Maybe it makes sense to take a safety like uh, Jaquan Brisker, um, you know. Uh, there's just there's so many different options, and this has been said in the draft multiple times so far that a lot of teams don't have a lot of first round grades on these guys, right? So, you know the the first the first ten picks are already pretty jumbled because outside of Malik Willis and I guess Kenny Pickett. There's, there's no real consensus at the quarterback position. And, and and really, I mean, the general consensus on this quarterback class is it's not good and none of these guys are really strong top 15 picks. So obviously because of the position and because of the positional value and that everybody needs a quarterback, obviously you're probably going to see two taken in the top 10, top 15. But even at that, I mean, we don't know who's the first, the first overall pick is going to be at this point. Like there's a lot of stuff to learn. And I think that just kind of speaks to the overall – viewpoint of this draft and that doesn't mean that it's a bad draft what it means is that this is probably one of the better years for the bears not to have a first round pick obviously you'd like to have one every year but they're going to have a lot of good options with those first two picks and even if ryan poles is sitting at 39 and trades back and picks up a, a third round pick and and maybe a fourth or a fifth round pick or whatever it may be and they pick again at you know 48 and then they have another one you whatever it may be there is going to be a lot of good talent with those first two picks that they have really, even in the third round. I mean, if they can add an extra third round pick, that'd be great. If they could add a fourth round pick, that'd also be great because there is a lot of, there's going to be a big uh, log jam, you know, once, once some of these, you know, top guys fall off the board at these positions, there's going to be a log jam and there's going to be a lot of different evaluations. And this happens every year, but I think this is going to happen more this year because of how this, this class is viewed and the bears are going to have to be in a position where they can strike at a spot where maybe it's not the sexiest need that they have. Maybe it's not the biggest need that they have, whatever it may be, but they have to be in a position to be flexible because when it really comes down to it, when we zoom out two or three years from now, and we we did the same thing, you know, a few years ago when a lot of people were a little upset that Leonard Floyd was taken when they had Lamar Houston and, uh, Pernell McPhee and I think they still had Willie Young on the roster at that time. Like they were they were already decently deep um, at edge rusher and they went out and they took Leonard Floyd and everyone, well, why would you take another edge rusher? And then obviously we kind of saw how everything happened. And and it's just one of those things where when you zoom out a few years later, you don't really remember the needs that, that team had. If if they make a good pick, they make a good pick and it looks good. If they make a bad pick, regardless of what that position is it's going to look bad. So if they're in a spot where, you know, they want an offensive lineman or they want a receiver and the board didn't fall their way. And maybe they go after, you know, a a three tech, or maybe they go after a defensive end or a safety or a corner, whatever it may be. It doesn't make it a bad pick because they have so many pressing needs on this roster right now. As long as they're going out and attacking those positions and getting the best possible players. I think that's really about all you can ask for in this draft class.
1: You ready?
0: Showtime.
3: Yeah. And, you know, like you said, the first round pick, they may have Justin Fields. That's, you know, right there. You at least have a quarterback that you could start your rebuild process and you don't have to go out and try to find one, especially with how poor this year's class is. But, you know, I I do agree with you. I think they're going to be able to find some good players Um, and polls even said, you know, there's a lot of depth in in this class. You mentioned offensive line, you mentioned defensive back, linebacker, receiver. Even mentioned running back as a position on day three, they could potentially target and maybe add some depth there. So I think the Bears are in a good spot. I think you know, with with Ryan Pace, over the years you kind of felt like you know they, they were going to. Try to get cute with the pick. They're gonna to try to find you know these small school guys and they're gonna maybe at times go with best of player available. I think 39 comes around. The Bears are gonna have a lot of good options um, come Friday night. I, I think they're gonna be in a spot where they're gonna have at least three to four of their top wide receivers potentially there. They're gonna have a couple offensive linemen potentially there, and they're gonna have a couple defensive backs potentially there for them, maybe even a three technique or, or so, something like that. And then you come around the 48 and I think they're going to have another impact player waiting there. And for me, what I'm going to be curious um, to see is when it does come time for 39 and it does come down to 48, do the bears, you know, attempt to address defensive back? Because when I look at this defensive back class, the top six or seven are pretty damn good players. Um, Obviously sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley, probably Trent McDuffie, um, Andrew Booth will probably be the for, for, first four off the board. After that, though, you know, there is uh, scenarios where someone like Roger McCreary, career um, Elam from um, Florida, or even, you know, a Kyler Gordon, someone will be there in that second round. After that, though, it drops off pretty big. Like, I think the drop-off on defensive backs after that is significant. So I'll be curious to see if they try to address that. As for wide receiver, I think they could probably stay put there um and wait to 48 to get an impact player same thing kind of almost with offensive line so you know do they go wide receiver o-line with those first two picks and then try to go defensive back do they go defensive back and then pick o-line wide receiver what i would say is just don't panic on anything because you know there's a situation where the bears could go three technique um or a linebacker come come their first pick we just have to trust what ryan poles is going to do and it goes back to the depth of this class the needs they have they are in a spot where, yeah, I, I agree. I think you agree with this. I, I would love for them to go out and get a big playmaking wide receiver. I think they will. But they're in a spot where they can draft the best player available at a position, you know, that we might not think is a, is a major strength and be fine because they have so many needs so many uh, uh, holes that they have to fill as long as it's not, you know, quarterback or I'd even say probably not wide risk or probably not running back um, in the second round right there. Um, I think they're in a good spot, maybe tight end. I wouldn't go there, but they're in a good spot to land a really good, football player in an impact player, just because of the rebuilding and the depth they have to uh, acquire and build with.
2: Yeah. And that's what they need to do. I mean, that's just that simple. I mean, The reality of it is, is when you're looking at this receiver class, right uh, there, there are enough guys closely grouped together, at least in my evaluations, which haven't been nearly as deep as in past years. so, you know, take that for what it is, but you know, there are a lot of guys that like you pointed out, okay, let's just say things don't fall their way at 39. Okay, cool. You know, take another position, you know, and the same thing with offensive line, take another position and then reevaluate when you get to 48 or trade down or whatever you want to do, like there are going to be plenty with those first three picks, at least two of those guys should be week one starters. I mean, if, again, if we're being honest with this roster, the reality of it is is those first three picks will probably be week one starters just because that's where they're at. Now, that doesn't mean that in two or three years from now, when hopefully they're in the playoffs and they're actually competing for something that those guys will be starting because that's just not overly realistic to think. but you've at least got to get two, two of the three first picks that you have in those, you know, first three rounds, you've got to have as guys that are starting, you know, impact players that are still good players in two or three years from now. Um, And, and I think that's just kind of where it's at. And again, that's kind of why I say, you know, Receiver will come. Offensive line will come. I mean, if they don't, let's just say, you know, Zion uh, Johnson. I think it's Zion Johnson. Now I'm drawing a blank because I, I always want to call him Zion Williamson. And I know, yeah, that's are, obviously, uh,
3: you're place. talking the interior lineman from Boston College. Yeah, yeah, yeah Zion and, Johnson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or
2: you know, let's just say that somehow Green, you know, falls. I don't see that happening either. Let's just say one of those guys, you know, let's just say one of them falls. Obviously, you take them right. And the same thing with some of these tackles. I mean, obviously. You know, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. But if they don't, then there's no point in reaching for a guy like, and again, I like Cole Strange. I'm not saying that I don't, but I wouldn't take him at 39. Like you don't reach for a position of need at 39 when – Maybe you get a really good corner. You get a really good safety or you get a really good three tech or you get, you know, a really good defensive end. I mean, there's just, there's just too many needs on this team for them to simply say, okay, at 39, this is the position that we're going at 48. This is the position that we're going when we pick in the third round. This is a position that we're going because it doesn't make any damn sense to do it. When you have this many needs, you go out and you get good players. And again, two or three years from now, nobody's going to remember that they didn't take, you know, if that player ends up being good, it's not going to be, man, they should, they really should have taken this player instead. It's going to be, well, they actually made a good pick there. You know, it's like this guy's actually, you know, hopefully they sign him to an extension and he's here for longer than his rookie deal. So, again, man, it's just things will take care of themselves. Like, they're going to end up with a receiver. They're probably going to end up with multiple multiple receivers. They're going to end up with an offensive lineman. That I can almost guarantee will be one of their first two picks. I would be absolutely shocked if it wasn't one of their first two picks. And that's fine. You know, we'll just have to see how it goes. But don't discount three-tech. Don't discount defensive end, depending on what happens there. Don't discount corner safety. There's a lot of really good, talented players that are going to be sitting there where if they make the pick at 39, maybe it's not going to be one of those those sexy positions of needs right out of the gate, but they will eventually make it happen. And again, I mean, really, in terms of the overall evaluation when you're looking at receivers, I mean, obviously it's going to vary a little bit, but I don't know that people are going to be overly upset. Let's just say somehow, some way, they end up with let's just say a three technique at 39. I know people are going to be really pissed off out of the gate, right? Or, you know, let's just say they trade down or whatever it is. They don't take a receiver at 39. But then what, you know, at 48, maybe maybe a guy like Sky Moore's is there. Um, you know, maybe a guy um, like a, a, the South Alabama kid. Man, I'm really having a tough time remembering names today, apparently. Um, uh, Jalen Tolbert? Jalen Tolbert. Um, or Alec Pierce. Let's just say Alec Pierce is there at 48. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, so you didn't reach – And now you got the same caliber of player, even John Mechie, you know, whatever. I mean, he's more probably of a third round guy. But the point being is, is that there are going to be receivers in the second or third round. There's no point in reaching, you know, offensive line is going to be a little bit more tricky, especially when you're talking tackle, because there is a steep drop off after those first few guys. And then you then you have, you know, questions with some of these other guys where, you know, age is going to be a factor uh Rawness is going to be a factor. You know, a five-star recruit uh, coming out of high school that never really panned out. um You know, that but, but he played for Ohio State. So you know, does that get does that get you any higher in the draft than it should? Are you being overdrafted at that point? There's a lot of different things at this point in time that I think offensive line is going to be a little bit more tricky. Um, then receiver, because I think receivers so grouped up in 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 that pick range where they're going to be able to get one or two really good guys in the first five rounds of the draft with offensive line, I think tackle your luck is really going to run out, um, especially if, if those guys go early and you're kind of stuck picking in that second tier. Um, and you definitely don't want to reach there. And then, you know, interior offensive line, it's not an overly strong interior offensive line group, but there are good talented guys that you can take. Maybe they're not at 39 that you want to take but maybe you want to take them at 48 maybe if you trade back into the 50s maybe you take one in the 50s i don't know but again keep an open mind going into this because there's a lot of positions in need and the last thing that they need to do is reach at a position of need and ignore a better player that could help them better down
3: the line yeah and and, you know like i said i mean they're i I think they're in a good spot here i I think they have a chance um to find some impact players and you know Obviously, like, you can't really screw up a draft too bad right now. Um, But, you know, if they went Reese for, you know, obviously a quarterback or something crazy like that, I I would be a little upset. Anything else, I'd be pretty fine with. Um, But, yeah, Aaron, I mean, I guess to wrap it up, you know, maybe we should kind of give who we think they're going to pick at 39 overall and maybe kind of just one bold prediction um, for this draft overall for the Bears. Uh, If you want, I can – Go first, or I can let you go first.
2: Go ahead and start. You can go yeah. ahead and go. and
3: Yeah, so, you know, when we get to 39, um, as I mentioned before, I think there's going to be a lot of options for the Bears there. Um, I kind of hinted at it. I think they're going to go something like defensive back with Roger McCreary. I think there's enough teams ahead of them um that need a wide receiver that are probably going to take one of their top targets someone like christian Watson or someone like george pickens if both are there at 39 i would take one of them um i I don't think either will be i hope they are but i'm gonna go with roger mccreary and i I think it makes sense because you can get a defensive back i think there's gonna be another wide receiver that's solid right there at 48 someone like alec pierce someone like sky Moore, maybe cleo shakir guys like that um for my bold prediction, man, this one's um, a little tough here. I kind um, of think here. I, I think the Bears will get three week one starters from this draft. Um, I know, I don't know how bold that is because they have so many like open spots, but I think they're going to find three impact starters at wide receiver, defensive back. And I'll say um, either offense, I'll say offensive line. I, I think they can find three solid impact players that can start there and, and be part of their team for, for a long time.
2: Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. I think that has to be the expectation coming out in and- even if it's just purely based on the fact that they need these guys to play because the roster isn't good, I think three is a good number in terms of you know and, you know week one starters. I mean, if you look back at some of their other draft classes, I mean, if you hit on a mid round guy in the fifth round or the sixth round or whatever it may be, it's like dude, you're, you're like that alone is already putting you in a pretty good spot. So, so here's what I'll say at thirty nine. Uh, I'm gonna give you what I would do. Um, and then I'm going to give you what I think the bears are going to end up doing. What I would do is I would take a receiver um, because I think ultimately what this is going to come down to is I think you're going to have one of Jahan Dotson. Um, I think you're going to have one of him, Traylon Burks, or you're going to have uh, um, George Pickens, who is one of my favorites. Um, I think one of those guys is going to be sitting there at 39. I think one of these guys is going to slip every single year. We see this happen, you know, a guy or two slips, guys go higher than they should sky Moore feels like one of those guys to me that's probably going to end up going higher than he should. I think that there's going to be a really good receiver on the board at 39 for them to take. I don't think there's going to be a really good offensive lineman on the board for them to take. So that's what I would do. I would go. I think George Pickens is going to be that guy. That's where I would go. That's who I have mocked to them at 39 because my mock is what I would do. What I think they're going to do is I think that they're going to say, okay, we have similar grades on, you know, and again, I'm just talking on names. We have similar grades on George Pickens and Sky Moore. Uh, but we also have similar grades on a guy like Alec Pierce. And we know we can get Alec Pierce at 48 or a little bit later on the draft. So that's where we're going to go. So I think, you know, and again, I just don't think the offensive line is going to play out the way that they want it to in the very beginning. I mean, really, if you look at it, I think if anything, one of the guards is going to fall. But even at that, I mean, if you're looking at it, um, you know, a guy like Tyler Lindenbaum, I just don't know, or Linderbaum, I just don't know. His length concerns have to be a concern, and I think that's the reason that he's going to fall. Um, so I just don't really see an offensive lineman falling where it's going to make sense for them to quote unquote reach. I think, uh, Tyler Smith would be the only one that would probably make sense. And ultimately I think he's going to end up going in the first round, even though he's pretty raw and it probably doesn't make a ton of sense. I think they're going to end up going defensive line, man. I don't know why. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk about Logan Hall, who's been, a very quick riser over the last few months. I mean, if you look at his physical profile, he's big, he's long. Um, he's a little undersized, in my opinion, for the three tech. He's, I think he was 283 at his pro day. Um, obviously, you want to see him closer to like 290, 295. But in terms of getting that DeForest Buckner, um, in terms of that, that three tech that the Bears have clearly been wanting all offseason. I think that he does make a lot of sense. I think it's a little bit of an upside bid, but I think he does have more upside and he's more consistent than a guy like Perry on Winfrey. So if he ends up at 39, I think that he's going to end up being the pick. Um, and then at, at, at 48, I think you're basically going to see either offensive line or receiver, um, depending on what they do in terms of trading back with 39 or, what, or whatever they end up doing. I think, you know, Cole Strange is going to be in that uh you know in that mix and then obviously you got some you know offensive tackles well even you know a guy like Darian Kennard can make some sense as well um Abraham Lucas an offensive tackle um you know nicholas Petite Friere is another guy that could make some sense as well not really overly high on those guys the only one that maybe could fall to them is uh Bernard I think it's Raymond Um, but my issue with him is that one, he's relatively new to football. He's really new to the offensive line position as a whole, and he's going to be 25 before the, you know, before the end of week one. And that's just not overly smart. I think the one guy that could make a lot of sense for them uh, at 48, or if they trade back is Cole strange, I know that's kind of been a name that's been tied to them. So I think it's either going to be that, or you're going to have that clump of receivers where you're going to have, you know, maybe Pickens falls, Alec Pierce, Jalen Tolbert, um, you know, there are a lot of different names where I think you can kind of look at the receiver position and 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 really kind of see kind of how things are going to group up there and really you could probably wait until the 3rd round and still get a pretty good receiver. I'd rather than not do that, but unfortunately, you got all these positions in need and if you take a spot that isn't as sexy at 39 then you're going to be putting yourself in a position where you're going to be taking either offensive line or receiver in the third round. So that's kind of how I see things playing out. As far as a bold prediction goes, I am um, i don't even know how bold this is. I'm going to predict that Ryan Poles makes two trade, trade downs, um, and I think they're going to be within the first three rounds of the draft.
3: Yeah, I was going to go with a trade down, too, because I could definitely see that Um, I could uh, I could see two trade downs as well. I think he talked about today about wanting to acquire talent. And the one thing we have to kind of realize about this draft is there's a lot of talk right now where teams are looking to kind of move out of picks. And the biggest reason is the uncertainty with the quarterbacks right now. Like typically we'd see teams try to move up and try to get the quarterbacks. I think teams are kind of just trying to back away and maybe trade out of spots. So I could definitely see Ryan Poles moving back once or twice. I think for sure it's going to be once Um, it would not shock me twice or even three times. I think they'll hold on to both second rounders. Um, And I think third round is probably one where we could see a move and then maybe later on in the draft as well. And, and hopefully acquire some more capital for next year too. So that's going to do it, Aaron. Um, Where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? And read your yep, work.
2: You can find me at Aaron Lemming, NFL, and you can read my
3: work on the bear report.com. Awesome. And you can follow me on Twitter at Zach Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. You can follow the bear report on Twitter at just bear report. Um, as always, you can read all of our work and everything else on bearreport.com and go ahead and listen to the picks for polls podcast that has the latest draft news regarding the Chicago bears uh, put out two episodes again this week. So They'll be covering that, and, and when the draft's over, we'll be also be covering more stuff. So until next time, everyone, please stay safe.